learning as we go. Yeah. So anyways, there you go. Hey. Hello. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, man, we had a we had a good trip this weekend. Went to um Pigeon Forge and uh Dollywood. Yeah. I honestly when we were at Dollywood, so it was like about five thirty we had to go to like this big uh performance hall and uh, all the schools went in there and they were gonna you know, they did middle school and they did high school and Everybody was sitting in their sections, and they would cheer, you know, and they had all these trophies on the stage. And they'd be like, and the best jazz choir goes to, you know, whatever school. And so we went, and we took, like, we took, a like, middle school and high school. So we had, like, half the auditorium, which is really cool. Like, I'm really thankful that, like, that many kids are participating in, like, arts and stuff. And so, um, but I was sitting there, and I bet you, can you guess what I was secretly hoping the whole time? No, like, I was secretly hoping that Dolly Parton would be there. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like I was like, I kind of prayed a little bit. I was like, <laughs> please let Dolly Parton be here because she finds out one of them's doing Jolene and just shows up, starts singing it with him. Man, well, there was yeah, that would be amazing. There weren't any, there weren't any performances or anything like that. But like, if she came out, she was like, "Hey, y'all, I'm just so happy you're here at Dollywood, and I love singing. I sang in choir too when I was a little girl, you know." But I would cry. I would probably cry a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Die! <laughs> Hi, it's me. I'm Steven. <laughs> I'm Steven. You may not know me, but I sang Zach Williams' part, so it's kind of like we've sung together. <laughs> So, oh goodness! Yeah, but it was fun, man. Our choir, um, Natalie, Natalie was in it, and uh, middle school choir, and the choir won the best choir. So that was pretty cool. And uh, they, uh, I keep forgetting that you just say Natalie was in middle school choir. Yeah, yeah, she's in eighth grade. I know. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's eighth grader. Yeah, um, she's very mature. Yeah, she really is. She's um, she was actually really fun to watch. Uh, with her friends and her peers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say middle school girls f- in many ways are way more mature than middle school boys. I was so thankful I did not have to chaperone a group of boys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. One of them might not have made it home. Yeah. <laughs> like when you have to say to them, just use the bathroom and then leave the bathroom. Like I feel like you don't have to like, Say that to middle school girls. Yeah. So yeah, but like, I do. I just keep thinking she's in high school. She's yeah. not. No, she's not. She's, yeah. eighth, she's in eighth grade. Yeah, and she, uh, her choir sang. Um, <laughs> we got your sound effects. We got your notifications. Your, your, computer, your computer sound effects are on. <laughs> That's really funny. Sorry. No, it is, it's. Um, let me let me do that. See, I thought those. I thought they were off, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're, I think they're off. Anyways, but yeah, the kids are like pretty fun. I mean, it was a good group of kids. Um, a lot of quirky kids. Middle school is such a quirky, a quirky age, I think. But but they were they were good. They did pa yesu, uh, which is like a, a Latin. And it was arranged for a choir kind of at that level, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. I mean, it was. It had some teeth to it. I mean, it was a good, good song, good arrangement. And then they did a song called "Lightning," which was basically about lightning. <laughs> it's a deep topic, really. <laughs> no, but they were like, you know, they. It was kind of 20th century where they had like different dissonance happening, and then mm-hmm. like the rhythms with lightning, 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 lightning. And then some kid was like, boom, and they went, ah, you know, they would yell. It was oh, actually, that sounds it cool. was pretty yeah. cool. So here's what happened, though. It's funny because. Did you right. record it at all? Yeah, I did record it. Like, I, okay, wait, I mean, yeah. I'm not show now, but no, I I'd mean, like to see that. Yeah, no, I recorded it. So okay. like, but here's what was funny was the, um, let's see if I can pull it here. They didn't.
Middle schoolers. Yeah. Yeah, right? Hold on, listen. pretty cool yeah yeah <laughs> man yeah. i those, yeah. i miss those days like uh back when i was in high school it was chamber choir right we, we would do pieces like that with, right. the, with the latin very pieces. creative yeah, yeah. The, man that's that's, that's cool it's stuff. impressive for yeah. sixth seventh and eighth yeah grade. it was really good the thing that is funny the thing that annoyed me because like they we got in so the way the thing was set up was different schools were coming through and singing mm -hmm. like all day long and so we we got in and, and we had to wait a little bit outside and be real quiet, you know. And then they took the kids. So the band kids kind of stayed with us because they were performing later mm -hmm. in the night, actually. So they just came to support the choir. So all the chaperones stayed with the band kids. And then we had to wait in the hallway. And then our choir was gone. I guess they were warming up somewhere. Then eventually they came back. And when they came back, they, you know, we, we by this point, were allowed to be in the gym. So we're like waiting and they get in there and then like the, uh, the school did the sound check. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, cause they played, that was a CD. And so they played like the CD and uh, it was a gymnasium. So I was wondering, I was thinking like, man, this is going to sound like it's gonna be hard. Yeah. Actually, as you hear on the recording, it yeah. wasn't that bad. So they, they sound checked PA Yesu, but they didn't sound check lightning. Mm. So PA Yesu was mixed great because like it was enough where the kids could hear and then they could sing, but the lightning song, they didn't check it. And it was mixed, obviously, on the disc at a higher level. Yeah. Because then they did it. And it was like, you could you could only hear the kids, as you heard on the recording, like, in the downtime. Yeah. It was like, oh, man. But they won. I mean, they yeah. they did yeah. they did really well. So, Miss Carlson is the name of their teacher. And she's a fabulous singer and, like, musician and stuff. But, like, she, she had them ready. Yeah. Like, they did a great job. That was really good. That was pretty cool. The dynamics. I mean, yeah. Crescendo's Day Crescendo. I mean, that was... Yeah, it was really, really well done. Can you imagine how I feel for her though. Them being middle schoolers, like how many times when they first got the anthem, <laughs> like they, they had she had to tell them to stop. Like, please be quiet with the boom. <laughs> like they probably just were messing with that. Probably just messing around. Boom! I'm on fire! I'm on! Ah! Help me, Tom Cruise. Help me, Oprah. Speaking of Oprah. <laughs> speaking of Oprah Winfrey. Um. So we um, we get in there. It was like they had, I guess, I think they had a middle schooler reading the intros. Not one of ours. Okay. So a middle schooler from the host school there in PG on the fours. And so, so mean, but 
you know when you first when something's happening and somebody's doing it and you're like you know what i don't want to be mean or judgmental so i'm just going to be chill about it but then eventually it just gets out of hand like and then you just you can't help it mm-hmm. it got there because she was reading and she was reading the bios of the judges and she was pronouncing almost every other word wrong like it was so bad <laughs> For a while, you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, not a big deal. But then it just got excessive. It was just so like, and it was like, you know, uh, John Smith is the cha- chair- chairman of the music de- de- department at the, and I'm like, okay, like, I don't want to, you know, maybe you've got, pro- you know, but let's not, let's get the ones that, the one that can really read mm-hmm. well, like to do this. And it was like he travels the world singing Oprah. I was like, he sings Oprah. He's singing Oprah, <laughs> and I I said out loud like, anybody know where Gail is? <laughs> and then all the all the parents around me started laughing, and then we were getting like the evil eye because apparently you're supposed to be really quiet because they judge you, I guess. So what was funny is. We were walking in the door. So before all this happened, actually, I was standing next to Natalie and her friends. <laughs> Poor Natalie. And um, the teacher goes, guys, everyone, listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. They are judging us from the moment we walk in the door. And I just said loud enough for the kids to hear, story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and one of her friends goes, I cannot with you. I cannot with you. <laughs> just like walked away. That's great. Oh, man. But it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was a good trip. Yeah, we went to Dollywood on um, on Saturday, played all day, rode some roller coasters. It's a great park. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? I have not. You need to take your kids there. Yeah. It's very kid-friendly. It's easy. And it's it's uh, pretty. It's in the mountains, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it was just nice, man. It was just nice to nice to be there. We had a good time. They make a uh, cinnamon bread, which is really good. I don't know if you like cinnamon bread, but it uh, also goes as monkey bread. Yeah. yeah. You don't like cinnamon bread? No, I eat cinnamon bread. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Jeez. Uh, so at the parenting conference last night, they had like a pasta bar and all that. And I didn't eat. And Christina <laughs> Yuri's like, let me guess. You don't, you don't eat pasta. And I'm like, Correct. Do you really not eat pasta? I don't care for it. I'll I'll eat it. I just wasn't. I also just really wasn't hungry. Like yeah. we ate lunch at like one fifteen, one thirty in oh. the afternoon, and we're eating dinner at four yeah. fifteen. So oh yeah, I wasn't that hungry anyways. And I you're not a, older than sixty five. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you know. So I just I really wasn't, and I could just care less to eat it. So I just didn't. But Christina was was very quick to to go full judgment mode. She you know, said, "Let me guess." You know what I was thinking the other day. You know what restaurants would go out of business quickly in the villages. What's that? Ones that offer a senior citizen discount. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because that. Eh. So, um, let's see. Yep. Then we got back Sunday uh, and uh, we're good. You know, we had a good good trip and got back Sunday. Things seemed to go well at church. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really smooth. Um, I know we've had, we've had quite a few up and down weeks, but it was, it was really smooth Sunday, just kind of across the board. I mean, um, downtown eight thirty stream came in. Christina apparently was like living on the edge of, uh, making sure that Cliff was coming through at the right time and that Nico didn't have to stall. And she was just, I mean, right on as he was walking up to the pulpit, like wow. on, on the spot. That's awesome. Ready to go. So it worked out really well, and we didn't have to have uh, Nico kind of stall a little bit. But, uh, yeah. So Nico stepped in at 830 for you. Yep, at downtown. Right, and then you did 830 and 945 at the Villages. Yep. And then uh, uh, Gary Richmond did 945 downtown, and then you did 11 o'clock downtown. Mm-hmm. And then uh, John stayed at South. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brock did 11 o'clock Villages. Yep. A lot, <laughs> a lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. Got it got done. Got it done. So uh, next time you want to go out of town, just uh, don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, thankful for those guys. Everybody, I mean, just raving reviews over their leadership and mm-hmm. their abilities. So yeah, it, I watched, they did a great job. I watched all of the, the ones that I could stream. Yeah. And um, 
you guys did a great job. Yeah. Like, did an excellent job. It was good. Communion flowing into communion, in and out of communion, yeah. all the services. It went it went really well. Yeah. So, good Sunday. It was, it was a good day. Yeah. It was a good day. A lot, a lot of good things going on there. So, yeah, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be able to, to do that and know that you're here and, and can – can kind of keep everything moving, which is a good thing yeah. at a high level. You yeah, know. that's good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, what do you think about? What do you think about? Um, this is a controversial topic. If I'm talk about a controversial topic, okay, okay. So, what do you think about uh, stuff where people question the using songs? no matter what the song says. Okay. And when I say that, I mean, no matter what in the positive way. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it could be like a fantastically written, easy to sing melody, theology, a sound song moving, Mm -hmm. right? Everything's good about it. Mm -hmm. Right. But not using it just because of the, church or church organization christian organization that's connected to if there's an issue with their theology yeah so i've been on both sides of this um i served at at a church that was very much anti using those people's music and it was rough because you quickly realize how small the pool of music to pull from is when you remove uh, certain groups due to their affiliation with uh, the speaker that is attached as their pastor or whatever it is. Um, And then I've been on the other side of, you know, like, listen, we just love the content of the music. We love what the songs are saying. And we just look at it and say, Hey, the message is still clear in the song that we're singing. They are not pushing the agenda of what the pastor is um, preaching, and so we're going to keep using it. Um, and I kind of now tend to really lean that way, um, where it's just like, listen, I, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my dil- my due diligence to look at the content of the song and not as much of who wrote the song or what church uh, band led that song. And so, um, I don't know, I just, for me, and it, it, it may be a little out there, but I just, I, I really do just look at the life of David and the ups and downs and the the moments that he still wrote a lot of psalms in his sin um, and in the moments of of things that just weren't going the right way. And um, they still made it in the Bible, and there's still moments of of beauty and of teaching and all the things that we need to know uh, that God was doing in David's life. And I I look at that and I go, well, if if that made it in the Bible in a moment of just weakness and, and issues that David was facing, then who am I to say that this song cannot be used uh, to bring glory to God and to minister to others just because of a bad moment that this lead pastor is having in terms of becoming one with the fame or, or whatever it is that he's doing in his preaching or his teaching right. or whatever it is that they're backing. So the, you know. the, the other side that would, would come back and argue, well, you know, he's willfully teaching bad theology. Mm-hmm. So let's say he's teaching bad theology. Now, uh, and uh, the theology is bad. Therefore, people who are listening to that theology are being led astray. So by singing a song that came from that organization, the potential of money flowing back through royalties, which would then perpetuate perpetuate that music. Mm-hmm. And then, not the music, what could perpetuate that, the ability for that preacher to have a larger audience of mm-hmm. people to talk to and teach bad theology. So, like, how would you how would you handle that? Um, it's really I don't know. Uh, so yes, the money's going back to that church, but then the money's still being used to push out good content musically. Right, it's still being okay. used to push out great content musically, theologically correct music that we're singing. So yes, there is the negative that comes from somebody standing behind a pulpit that's either preaching watered down gospel or it's preaching right. straight, you know, heresy. But I think that it's not my place to judge that. I struggle with that. Like, yeah. um, like, yes, absolutely. I know that that person is not, but to completely do, I'm not going to fund them at all, but their worship team is still writing solid 
theologically based content yeah. that is changing lives. So it's kind of like, uh, it's like, oh man, I hate that they got to that really good song first. Mm-hmm. So since they did, I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. Like I'm not going to use it. Yeah. You know, so, so I think for me, um, I think that I could see that argument. And if somebody wants to take that stance, that's, that's fine. But I do think it's part of a larger culture of that we've created of, um, of censorship, Mm -hmm. um, which at some level is different than it has to be different in church and in theology, right? Like Mm -hmm. there does need to be a level of judgment, which you have, which I have, where we're going to look at something and be like, oh, wait, this is, you know, like our last podcast, we discussed, you know, Hades and Sheol, right? Mm-hmm. We discussed that and yeah. what that means, right? And did some research, thought it through. We've talked to more people, you know, since then and, and uh, r- you know, read some more on it. And I think we landed at the right spot on it, mm-hmm. you know, that Christ went in and did what he did, you know, preached the gospel to the captives, led the host of captives out, like Ephesians chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Right. And the people that are separated from God for eternity are separated from God for eternity. And the people that are, were in waiting yeah. you know, are being restored. Right. So I talked to a good pastor friend of mine on that topic. I did just do more yeah. research afterwards because I didn't want to leave off with just like, yeah. this is it. This is the way. And right. you know, but you know, he said it's very much like what you talked about with uh cliff at uh, Bob smarts funeral. Right. You know, like there's a filing cabinet of just gray areas that we just, yeah, of mysteries that we're just not going to know, right. you know, and he said, this is one of those because it says that Abraham, Paul talks about Abraham was saved by faith. Right. So to save by faith means that he immediately went to heaven. Moses, right. When the moment of transconfiguration was, was beside. So uh, there's just where, what was Moses? Where was Elijah taken when he was taken up there? So that other side, um, you know, talks about um, they were saved. They were in heaven, but there's not evidence to dispel but then you see where what we were discussing right. either so it's just one of those big mysteries well you see the rich man rich man was in um was across looking at lazarus in abraham's bosom right mm-hmm. the place of rest yeah in other words kind of like that concept because they didn't really have a concept of heaven yeah right that wasn't yeah I mean, they talked about in the heavens and they would say those kind of things mm-hmm. but the concept that we would have probably now of a a heaven like yeah. the way we think about it and see it in movies or imagine in our brains, I don't think would have been a yeah concept that they had. But, but I just knew I knew he believed that, so I was like, "Hey, yeah, talk me out of this understanding." Uh, and he's like, "I really can't, yeah, can't really." He's yeah. like, "But you can't talk me out of mine either." And I was, you know, it wasn't confrontational; it was just a yeah, you know, let's let's explain what we're understanding of scripture yeah. together and see if we can come to. And we just both kind of agreed, like. It really he, just a you big, both agreed that he was wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's no. just a mystery. You know, like we just don't you know. sing any of his music. <laughs> Sorry. Don't, we can no Continue. longer sing his music. <laughs> no. Um, but at the same time, you know, looking at that sometimes, you know, I think there are lines we have to draw in our faith of, okay, this is heresy. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's sometimes where people take things and um, secondary issues and they may, teach those in a wrong way, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's, you know, cause calling somebody a heretic, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, them's fine words, yeah. right? I mean, that's yeah. like, that's a pretty big deal, you know? So when you, when you do that, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty. And I also think that you have to take the whole counsel of a person and the whole counsel of a teaching into consideration as well, mm-hmm. because it's very easy in our culture now to take, to do like clickbait, mm-hmm. Right. Where you grab a segment. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people. So what we're talking about would be like maybe like Bethel, mm-hmm. um, some Hillsong. Um, what's the other? Elevation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. I mean, you're throwing out a lot of a lot of great music there. Yeah. You know, and does the music fund the, what they're doing? Like, I don't know that it, I don't know that it necessarily does. Maybe it does mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, But I've always struggled with that that concept too, because it's kind of like where, where do you draw the line in your life then of what you will and won't participate in mm-hmm. and be a part of. Right. Yeah. So like I've got on a whole set of clothes today, which everybody's thankful for. Um, <laughs> I didn't make any of these, oh. but it's very possible that some of these were made 
potentially under like duress, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they were, and I, I don't really have the capacity to investigate whether or not that was the case, mm-hmm. but should I choose, should I choose to, for that to be a thing? Then would I, you know, where do you draw the line? And I guess in that, that part of your life and to say, well, this is something that I'll do, mm-hmm. but this, this one just doesn't bother me as much. So yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It just goes back. It, so when I got my tattoo, right. Right the whole conversation was Levitical law. This this is what it goes back to. Either you're going to observe all of the law, even though it has been put to the side because of Jesus is because of what Jesus has done. I mean, that's a whole nother theological conversation for another time, Right. but either you're going to follow all of it or you're not going to follow any of it, you know? And, and I think when we start getting into this conversation and we start saying, well, we're not going to do this type of music because of this. Well, then, then you have to start going down the list. Are you going to eat at McDonald's anymore? Are you going to buy Nike shoes anymore? Right. Are you, are you going to do any of these things that support the LGBT community that support? Well, you know, so- China, China is a, uh, China is a violent regime, mm-hmm. uh, that, um, you know, persecutes believers. Yeah. Okay. And, and really not just believers, but like all faiths because they're communists and they, they want basically atheism. You know, they basically want you to worship the government in yeah. a sense. Right. So, uh, and that's, that's a, um, uh, a bit uneducated way to explain it, but yeah. reasonably close to being accurate. Yeah. Okay. So then do you not shop at Walmart anymore and buy things that came from China? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at the bottom of every single item. Be like, no, I'm not going to buy that. Yeah. You know, and then do you break it down into, well, most of this was made, you know, over here, but then the wrapper was made in China. Mm-hmm. Well, do you ask him to sell you it without the wrapper? Cause that would make for a real sticky ride home with a bunch of Hershey bars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, again, that's, you know, that's creating arguments to defend, you know, it's not the best way to handle arguments and stuff like that. And I understand that, but I guess my take on it is that, man, I'm looking at songs, a lot of songs that, that people might try to throw out. Uh, and I, and I'm sure they're not arguing the validity of the song, you know, maybe they are at some level, but they're trying to make a point about the ministry that they're attached to. And I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And that, you know, in, in general, in general, I think that's fine. See, I think that's what's beautiful about it is that I'm willing to be like, hey, like, go for it. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, like, I'm going to listen to it. And if I hear that ministry, there's going to be things that I may be able to be like, okay, like, that's a that's strong. You know, I could take that and that's not healthy. And I'm going to be able to mm-hmm. parse that out, right? Yeah. Now, what a weaker brother and sister, like, I don't know. Yeah. But I also don't know, like how many of them are going like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go listen to this now. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think you throw out a lot of really good music, really strong, theologically strong songs that are moving and will impact the body of the church. And I'm not really sure that it's. Yeah. I just worth it. Yeah. And that's my thing is this really a hill you want to die on um, in terms of making that decision? Because I mean, you look at uh, Chris Tomlin, uh, Brandon Lake, uh, Corey Asbury, all of these guys have partnered and done albums and songs that we sing on. So does that mean because they have come alongside of these groups that you no longer do their music? Well, then you're down to 20% of song selections that you can utilize because you're, you're making a you know planting your feet in the you know on the solid rock and you're you're drawing the line in the sand and saying i'm not i'm not going any further than this then that means you've just got to start looking every time they do a collab well that person's out right that well, person's that in. person's out oh that person's out right when all we're not saying from the pulpit hey go listen to steve furtick hey go listen to joel like we're we're not saying that we're saying this is truth in song that's it right that's and it so the filter that would be us of finding a song, listening to a song, determining, hey, this would work for our church, and it lines up with our theology, I think should be uh, okay. Yeah, I agree. Should be the you know the place we are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, Cliff and I have talked about it, and we've gone you know wrestled through some of that stuff. I've talked with other people about it, and uh, and I respect people's feelings on it. But you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep doing. Yeah. Picking and leading, and our church will continue doing that, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I think that uh, 
we pull from a lot of different sources mm-hmm. and uh, not all of them would fall under those, but there's some really great music there. Yeah. You know, and I, I would hate to lose it. I would hate to throw it out um, for what I feel like would not be necessarily clear definable, mm-hmm. clearly definable reasons. Yeah. You know, and, and, and honestly, like you said, you know, battles that, you know, do we really need to pick this fight? Yeah. Is this a fight we need to pick right now? Is this like, is this what we're, I mean, this is where we're at. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a big thing we got to we gotta wrestle with, yeah. you know. So I think that that's something that um, is interesting. And I'm sure that maybe people listening to us have different thoughts on it or maybe have to, you know, kind of weigh that through themselves. We're going to lose three, like where three listeners after this podcast. Yep, so we'll only have one left. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think that that's something that people need to consider uh, and do all that kind of stuff. I also but, think they just... I think, I think they need to trust the worship pastors. I don't think we get enough trust in terms of senior pastors. I think a lot, not not ours, our our pastor. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, I Cliff Lee's the man. I, seriously, I'm right. not saying that, but like he is, like he just right. trusts he trusts you right. to do your thing. He trusts you to make sure that everything that happens from that platform is God honoring. But I think a lot of worship pastors just struggle because they don't have the trust of their pastor and the backing of their pastor, right? And so they get caught in this, and then all of a sudden they're just like, well. Okay, so now I've got this itty-bitty little tiny pool of music because somebody from the congregations come up and started this argument with them. Right. You know, and so. Yeah, I think, yeah, and it's uh, it's one of those one of those things that I guess it's okay, you know, it's okay if somebody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. You know, if you feel strongly about it and you're the senior pastor, then I guess that's, you know, I guess that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know, but, man, there's just uh, – you still know, like you said earlier, too, from a different angle, you just don't know, always know what people were going through or experiencing when they wrote something. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we're, maybe they were in a bad spot, mm-hmm. you know, but the song still was true and right. Yeah. So is there some kind of like magic, like in mm. the person mm. when they're pinning it or mm. is it actually just the truth of God's word that is the power? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. when you look at, when you look at Furtick, right? Furtick. Furtick knows the word. Sure he does. Furtick, and for many, many, like many, these, many like years, for many, many, many years, has preached very, very well in terms of keeping it sure. what it is. Has he fallen into some fame and some things that maybe have gotten a little askew in his teaching or right. maybe a little vague or not as blunt to the... To, probably, I would agree. But he still knows the word. He helps write most of the songs yeah. on like he knows the word that's something he needs to answer for but the song content that he and, and chris brown are, are writing that's god's content that's god's content he knows right. the word he's not he is not saying that jesus is not the messiah he's not saying that god is not the creator he is not he's not right. doing any of those things you know um and so i i think that's where the 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 pivotal discussion needs to happen is yeah. not the financial giving that you're putting towards a ministry for a guy, but man, just look at the content. It's just, it's just good. Yeah. And our, and our people, the people of God respond to it. So, yep. You know, I mean, you tell me somebody that walks in from the CCC on a Sunday morning and they, they hear some of the stuff that Brandon Lake's doing with elevation. I mean, that guy Chandler Moore is doing with I mean, right They're but they're coming from a real place and it's changing their lives here in our sanctuary even though that that pastor is preaching something that is not as strong as we would hope it would be. Yeah. Music's still changing lives yeah. regardless. So. All right. So how strong are you when you have a when you have an opinion on something? How hard do you hold on to that opinion before it can be changed? Me? Yeah. Pretty hard. You're pretty stubborn. Uh, yeah. And it's gotten me into a lot of trouble through the years. I'm just being honest. Yeah. A lot of trouble. So I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm yeah. maturing. But yes, it's it's pretty hard to uh, to change my mind on things unless you flat out can prove that I am wrong. Right. Yeah. See, I think I've moved. I think I've shifted on that for me. Like, I don't know how. I don't know if, how, if I was ever like super... I think maybe I was dogmatic on stuff, but I, it's funny because poor Cliff, he'll be with me. He's like, 
what is your take on this again? Because <laughs> I remember last year you said blah, blah, blah. But now and I'm like, yeah, you know, like I think I've gotten to a place where I try to listen to a lot more voices, mm-hmm. not to, not to, I think I just don't want to be caught in a vacuum mm-hmm. of ideas where the only thing I ever hear already confirms what I already think. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so like, I feel like when somebody gets caught in that kind of thing, then you're, then you're just trapped in it yeah. and you don't, you don't ever see or hear, uh, not see, you don't ever see things from someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. You don't ever get another thought on it. Yeah. Like you, you, and honestly, at that point, you you barely scratch the surface of the resources that are available, like on any given topic, and never think it through like mm-hmm. any other way. Does that does that make sense no, to you? Absolutely, absolutely. And so, like, I think, like, I think for a lot of folks, you know, I'm, I'm kind of branching off of that topic, but then just kind of broadening broadening out the idea that I think for a lot of things we do say believe. We need to hear other people talk on mm-hmm. it. I agree. We need to read other things on it, mm-hmm. not just the authors we like. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's going to change our opinion mm-hmm. at all, actually. And, 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 and on certain things, your opinion shouldn't change, right? Yeah. And I think we, obviously being very conservative theologically and, and those kind of things, holding to the basic tenets of uh, the conservative yeah. faith that it wouldn't you know shift on, those things you don't change. But... It's. I think it's very healthy to to see and to hear things from other people's perspective, other people's vision, what they've walked through, mm-hmm. what they've gone through, even sometimes anecdotal kind of things that have happened in people's lives. Like hearing those things and being like, "Okay, I never thought about it that way." Mm-hmm. You know, I've never seen it from that perspective before. So I've been watching the NBA for the playoffs, right? <laughs> Which sun's got there. Yeah, hands handed to yeah, him. Yeah, by the Nuggets, by the Nugs. It's okay, Celtics aren't going to beat the Heat, Sunny so it doesn't nuggets. matter. Sunny Nuggets. Um, yeah, but uh, but the uh, oh, I will say the Golden State looked good Steph. last night against the Kings. Steph he's went so off. Good. He's got he's argument. I mean, the argument now is is he the best point guard to ever play the game? It's there. I think it's I think it's not unfair. Yeah, Timber Magic. Yeah. I will say, like, I don't think he runs a good offense, though. No, he just he just runs around until he gets open and then yeah. drops the three. Yeah, and open for him is basically he can find open, and that could be a it's millisecond. It's so irritating. But it's it a is. millisecond. It's impressive. Yeah. Sorry. But I don't think he runs a good offense. Yeah. And that's a problem, I yeah. think. That'll catch up to you one day. Yeah. And that's why I'm surprised that uh, Mahomes, like, Still gets his team, but he's got we've, some. We've talked about it. I know. Give it five more years, and Mahomes will he, no longer be the quarterback he is today. Yeah. Oh no, there's because no way. he cannot move and just he he is not a pure pocket passer, and when he's forced to work, deal with his footwork, he will not be. He will not be an elite quarterback. Sorry. Going back to you were talking about no, the no, NBA. You're not wrong. So I watch the NBA, and so I see things happen, and I get annoyed because I feel like NBA officials are so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But then. They'll play. They'll show replays and stuff, and then you see all the stuff you thought they were being inconsistent mm-hmm. about. And I realized that because I was I was watching on the bus yesterday, and I'm just like lipping off. And this people around me like, "What are you? What are you doing?" And I'm just like, "How's that not a travel?" You know, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, it was a foul." They're always calling fouls, you know, blah blah blah. But then they show the replay, and it's like, "Oh yeah," like he <laughs> he like slapped his arm. I had that the other day with Max. He was watching the Celtics game with me. He goes, "What? Tatum got fouled." Oh. No, he didn't. Yeah. He missed him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> sit down. <laughs> well, I, so I think a lot of times what we do is um, we have a particular point of view, mm-hmm. which we could equate that to our favorite team. And we're watching our favorite team go up against our rivals. And then something happens, and we go, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. But when you actually look at it from the other angle, we can see that it, maybe – the other point of view actually was fair. Mm-hmm. Actually, what happened was accurate. You know, because you know, you, you know, people drift politically, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you remember the whole Trump thing, and and he comes through, and he's, you know, everything's, you know, 
this is the greatest, the greatest dinner, you know, and you just go through all this thing and you're like, yeah, you know, you know, and you're like, okay, here we go. This is, this is what we need, you know? And I think, you know, you look at that and it's like, okay, this is great. Right. And he did, he did some fine stuff, you know, it's fine. But then, but there are people that are just like really bothered by him. Right. Mm -hmm. But then we immediately go, well, if you're bothered by him, then you are this, this, and this. Right. Yeah. And then on the other side. Okay. So before, you know, before all the people get, you know, see, cause even saying that there's part of me that goes, oh, there's going to be a group of people that is upset. That even commented, yeah, on that, yeah, right. And then there's there's this part of me that feels like I need to clarify all this stuff so people don't get mad. But to me, that just says, "Wow, like, yeah, can we not just see things from another point of view, mm-hmm. right?" And so there's the other side does the same thing, you know, where they're like, "Oh, well, if you do this, then this," and it's an all or nothing, mm-hmm. like wash. And I just, I just don't. I don't see all or nothing in moving away from politics, just general life and general opinions. Mm-hmm. Why does everything always have to be an all or nothing? Yeah. Like situation. Yeah. You know, why can't we just think things through and have like different angles and different like views on it, different thoughts and like, like hash it out and make the important things like really important. And like, yeah, I hear you, but I got to stick here because this one can't budge. Mm-hmm. But this down here, like I can, I can work with you on, like I can compromise. Yeah. And then people come in and they start making straw man arguments or slippery slope arguments. And then you have like all these issues, but I just think people need to think more. Mm -hmm. So they need to read more from other angles and consider other things Mm -hmm. because just think of, think of all the scholarship scholarly work that over the past thousands of years has gone into Mm -hmm. a scripture. And, and, and so we, we picked some thing that we just heard about and that's going to define our whole view on the book of revelation Mm -hmm. or it's going to their whole view on this topic or this topic or this topic. Like there's so many angles and things and, and way more scholarly works than we ever imagined. But honestly, this is the thing we, we're only exposed to so much, like even in an era of being with the internet and being access to like all these things, mm-hmm. we're only exposed to as humans to in our time to just a little bit of scholarly work on something. Let's say revelation, for instance, there's so many scholarly works on it that just didn't get popular, mm-hmm. but maybe some of the most scholarly thought out things on the book of revelation, the, things are going to get popular. And then when they get popular, they kind of rise up in the ranks When they rise up the ranks. They're going to be what gets taught and what Mm -hmm. gets taught is what people are going to think. And then what people think when they get taught that and they believe that, then they're going to teach that. But that just means that the other 1000 things that people wrote just never really kind of made it. It's kind of like when you watch like the voice or you watch American Idol and stuff and you're like, you hear some artists and you're like, how in the world did that artist ever get a recording contract? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because they knew somebody and they just got popular somehow. But then coming up, you see these other people come up in American Idol or America's Got Talent or whatever, and they're insanely talented people that would have got left by the wayside if that wouldn't have showed up for them to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things out there that people just like, we just miss out on. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't don't know what my point on that is. I'm not arguing for people to go out and find you know, all this stuff that maybe, you know, is obscure because it doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. Cause that's one thing we do too. We go like, well, if I have the minority opinion, then I must be right. Yeah. Cause no one's ever thought of this before. Yeah. I'm the first one to ever think about it, <laughs> but I think there is something to be said to expanding your thought horizon a little bit. Yeah. And I think like for me, you know, you asked like, is it, is it, am I easily, dissuaded from my opinion or from my viewpoint and i'm not and the reason is is because i struggle with somebody being smarter than me like i want you i want you to prove that you're smarter than me on it and i think that's a cultural thing right now is well you you know until you prove you're smarter than me i'm gonna stay here but there's the harsh reality is there's always somebody better than you there's always somebody smarter than you there's you know and so then then you get defensive and it turns into this whole deal, you know what I mean? And so for me, it's just always, I have to humble myself and remind myself, like, I'm not the expert on whatever opinion that is that I'm, right. but in my mind, I've, I've told myself I am, you know, and I have to fight against that 
mindset, and I think that's where a lot of this comes from, is, well, my way is the way. My thought is the thought. And yeah. then, you know, you can't move me from that because I've done so much on this one topic. But like you said, you haven't looked at the other side at all, and you have no knowledge of the other side. So then how can you know that you're right if you don't know about the opposition? Right. You know, if, if you know nothing right. about the opposition viewpoint, how can you how can you stand so hard on what it is that you believe? Right. I mean, that would be like, you know, like a general making a battle plan mm-hmm. without having done any reconnaissance. Yeah. We're not having done any research to know what's on the other side of that hill. And then just saying, okay, guys, tomorrow. Just running in there. Tomorrow we're just going to run over that hill <laughs> and uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to go after them. Yeah. Not knowing that on the other side, like they've they've already been scouting you out, like they they mm-hmm. know because they've they've been doing the research. That I mean that metaphor or imagery, or whatever kind of metaphor, kind of breaks down in the sense of you know the battle plan and stuff like that. But when we don't even know what somebody else is talking about, because we've never even researched, it. yeah, we've never understood it. Well, this is the way I've always done it. This is the way I've always been told it. Yeah, because I can think of a lot of things with faith. Like for a long time, like I only thought that um, the way the world, I didn't know there were other views on the way that the world was going to end. Mm-hmm. Like I was only, I only knew that the skies would open up. A trumpet would sound. Mm-hmm. We would all fly through the sky after the graves burst open and the yeah. believers planes would be falling out of the sky. Cause Christian pilots would be gone mm-hmm. because we'd all been raptured. Right. There'd be two people in the field and they'd be, you know, apparently picking corn together or harvesting wheat. And then one would disappear. You know, husband and wife would be asleep, and one would leave, and uh, and that's the only the only way I knew yeah. that Jesus was going to end the world, basically. But that's yeah, no, yeah, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. There's there's probably fifty, <laughs> you know, you know, sixty. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah, being yeah. different views on it, you know. Yeah, and um, and it's kind of like when that's the only thing you know, and then and I would be like, yeah, that's the way it's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. But there's other really scholarly research that says, hey, it could be this, or here's one way to look at it, or this this interprets like this, you know, and then you, you kind of yeah. run into that thing. Yeah. And and it's funny because people will like hitch their wagons. Yep. Like that's the hill they're gonna die on, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it sweetens your worship when you expand you're thinking about how big God is mm-hmm. and how much you just really don't know. Yeah. Cause I'm, I will say that about me. Like that's one thing I'm completely okay with. I know there's a lot I don't know about God Yeah, and I am completely fine with that. Yep. Some people struggle with it and I get it. Like it's a personality thing mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people. Um, uh, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, at the end of the world, how that's going to go down. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't know why God saves people or exactly. I mean, I, I know the general process of what scripture tells us, but like just the way all he's working in the background and doing all that kind of stuff. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I don't like suffering, but I trust God in it. Right. But I can't explain it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I, th- I think that, that openness and that mindset that, that we should have that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we're wrong mm-hmm. or sometimes there's just other ways to think about it. And that doesn't make the other person wrong. Yeah. I think that's one, one thing that's real important that we, that we do, especially as believers. Yeah. And fruits of the spirit, you know, you've got those things, right. You know, love, joy, peace, you know, kindness, gentleness, goodness, meekness, mm-hmm. temperance, you know, patience and, and, and faithfulness and all that kind of stuff. I think th- those are just just gifts that that God gives us. So one of the things too is like, for instance, like you have people that deconstruct, right? You've got people that deconstruct. Okay, so people deconstruct, um, and and generally that's thought of. I think, I think in that the decon- deconstruction is is uh, the way it's generally thought of is unfortunate because. Oftentimes, people, they're basically deconstructing, saying, I just don't believe anymore. Mm-hmm. So instead of actually deconstructing and kind of working backwards and be like, okay, why do I believe this? Okay, why? And rebuilding a solid faith built on truth that they've learned and God's revealed to their hearts. They just like, they just set dynamite and just blow yeah, the building hang it up, up, walk away. Just yeah. walk away. Yeah. 
you know. But I think it's important for all of us to look at our life and say, what areas in there, in my faith, do I not completely mm-hmm. have a good foundation on and, and build that up? Yeah, absolutely. And, and work that up and understand why. And then we allow people to bring that to our attention. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that's, that's, that's a radical, that's a radical thought because it means you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the other day, you and I had a conversation, right? right? It's an area of, of fleshly, you know, issues. And I allowed you to speak into that moment yeah. and rem- we've got to be willing to do that so that we can build up in the areas. But for the most part, we don't want anybody else to know that we're not good. Right. And we don't want anybody else to tell yeah. us, right. you know, uh, how to have approached or handled a situation or right. a, a moment in life. But that's edification. Yeah. That is sanctification. I mean, it's all the things that God's called us to do as the body of believers. So, um, and I would know. say mad respect, mad respect to you on that. Just so everybody's listening, the fleshly thing was just, just like a, wasn't anything bad or terrible no, or yeah. gross. It was, it was literally conversations and it was like, okay, but here's, here's one way you could look at that. And, 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 and that's what we all need. Mm-hmm. And and the and the and honestly, the 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 godliness that you showed in receiving and hearing and responding to that spoke very good to your maturity and to your character. Yeah. Where a lot of people just don't. You you try to call them out on something, even in a kind, five years ago. If you tried to tell me I was wrong, I would have stormed out your office. <laughs> I, I, I would have. Right. I would have. So you a, know? even when you do it in a kind, gentle way, like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, yeah. bro, like, think yeah. about this. And, oh, you know, people can do that. Yeah. And and I know, I know, there's part of me that gets defensive and bows yeah. up and all this kind of stuff. And that, and 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 I think that that's a healthy thing that we need to do too. It's a really good point. Yeah. So, anyways, so long rambling podcast. So basically, um, just to wrap it up, um, just uh, you can only listen to hymn book music, the Baptist hymnal, but only certain hymns. Only certain hymns. Only certain hymns. Depending on, you actually need to research every writer <laughs> and every tune writer before you listen to it, and uh, and then we'll oh, report it to your worship pastor. Then we'll confirm. Yes. Anyways, hey, so uh, thanks for listening. I uh, hope everybody has an awesome day. Uh, we do recommend you go visit Dollywood because it's awesome. We're gonna make it happen. Anyways, all right. See you later. <laughs>